0: Welcome to Definitely Not Funny. Actually the least funny person I know. Hello everyone. Welcome back to Definitely Not Funny. I am your host Jackie Norris. I'm coming to you live from the (laughs) Vegas airport slot machines and I was thinking you know I was going to record this intro when I was like home or like in my hotel room or something but I just figured, you know what, might as well make it a little bit more interactive and have you guys in the experience with me. Um, Why I'm at the Vegas airport slot machines is because I was on a plane from Los Angeles to New York, and about 45 minutes in, I don't know, I was asleep, um, the right engine started backfiring, and it broke. So I then, we then (laughs) flew, like, sideways and shaking all the way down to Vegas, where we had a crash landing, and it was the scariest thing of my entire life. And I'm at the Vegas airport, and um, I'm not going to New York. Needless to say, I'm waiting for another flight back to Los Angeles, because I'm missing my meetings anyways, and I'm gonna get there too late. So, yay, (laughs) fun. Anyways, we have a fantastic episode with the amazing Liz Hook. She is so freaking cool. I am obsessed with her. She is a cinematographer, went to USC with me, but she's also just one of like the funniest people ever. She's really good friends with, if you remember, either the Lauren Collette episode or the Olivia Heading episode or the Natalie Warren episode all three of those people are like best friends of this girl so if you liked any of those you're gonna lose your damn mind at this episode we talk about history we talk about adhd we talk about bisexuality we talk about nice boxes i don't know have a great time okay i've had a really long day um i'm excited to listen to this episode again because i really loved it all right i'm gonna try a slot machine and see what happens Bye. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we also just sort of get right into it because Liz isn't good at like waiting for instructions. So she just kind of starts talking and you just sort of get thrown right in. All right. Enjoy. Sorry, God. I just God. had my oh, hand resting on, you on your glass. delicately holding my I microphone. Tell which
1: lever was the one turning it. <laughs>
0: There's a bunch. There's a bunch of little moving so parts on covers. here. I'm a woman in engineering. I hope you know that. <laughs> Actually, a woman in STEM, if you will. Oh, so make, man. Let's make sure it's recording. Oh, you were okay. way smarter than I. I
1: was the I'm not a woman face team. of the STEM program at my high school. You were simply because they had like they asked a few of us to stay after class and like watch our science teacher do a few experiment like experiments. And I reacted to this one that he like filled the inside of a jug with gasoline or something and like lit it. It made you stick your face on fire (laughs) (laughs) and then told me to snip it for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Lit it on fire and all the other kids are like looking at it normal and I'm like a (gasps) pyromaniac. I looked so stunned and so the photo they put on the front was of all of us looking at it, it's a black and white photo, and then only I am colored, like, and the fire is colored, so it's, like, you know, like, look how awe-inspiring the science program is, and, like, I am, I was never in the STEM program, like, everyone in the whole school thought it was a hilarious joke, that of all, I think, I literally, like... <laughs> If we're going be honest, cheated girl was my way through physics and yep. chemistry in high school. <laughs> I like swapped English homework with science homework with some girl in my class and like it worked brilliantly. <laughs> I could read the books for both Listen, of us. Can I
0: just say, before doing this interview, I offered to interview Liz and she's like, what am I going to talk about though? I was like, I don't think you're going to have an issue.
1: <laughs> you, just like start on her rant. I
0: should not even ask you a question. I'm so
1: nervous I'm just like talking like that this is my main concern I told you I'm
0: not worried that you're not gonna have anything to talk about you are a a fucking talker okay hi everyone welcome Liz welcome to definitely not funny so excited to have you so Liz and I went to USC together but we didn't become kindred spirits until after USC I remember this was like my way I actually I just had a friend over I just described it to her she was like how do you know this girl I was like well, we like, both went to USC together, and everyone was, like, you guys will like each other, but we never knew each other, because like, and like, social situations, like, I was the girl who was like, running around, talking to everyone, and Liz was the girl who was like, really high in the corner of someone's room, like, <laughs>
1: that, so, If you that came and talked crossed. to me, it was yeah, great, exactly, I would not pursue you. But you're not approaching, you. I'm not going
0: anywhere near the weed room, so yeah. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> we so past
1: stoner hippie over here in the corner exactly
0: but Liz Liz is fantastic you guys are gonna get to know all about her she is a cinematographer which was really cool when I was like when I was prepping I was like writing I was gonna write like oh like you're working to be a cinematographer you're trained to be a cinematographer I'm like no you are a cinematographer like yeah
1: it's crazy it was crazy I shot a feature <laughs> like, and I guess that means I am you are now yeah you
0: fully are like, that's so cool to me. So we'll definitely get into that. Before we start, I need to know, do you really love sloths?
1: I do really love sloths, okay. yes. They're not my favorite animal anymore, though. Okay, they but use... you still love them. I still love them, yes. That's when I was a matters. kid, I was like, oh my god, they're the greatest things that ever blessed the earth. But they're so... it's because they're so useless. Like, I felt like they needed... A
0: fan at the time. I think time. They, but now they have too many fans. Now everyone loves them. everyone yeah, loves them. Love. It's not cool for no. me anymore. No, I get that. I, I still don't think it though. is. But <laughs> you still love them, and that's what matters. It's, it's so her matters. Instagram bio, or not, a <laughs> handle, sorry. So. In the bio, I love sloths. <laughs> Liz loves sloths. Bio, I love sloths. That's it. That's Please all you get that. to know about do me. That.
1: Yeah, just change it. No information. That's fantastic. Film anything. That is so funny <laughs> And then, it's and just then have this conversation of like this girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every time. Like, no, they're not actually my favorite.
0: pin to the top. <laughs> Slots are actually my favorite animal. <laughs>
1: I'm actually a big fan of lizards and horses well, now. yeah,
0: that's actually one of my questions on oh. here. Um, but we'll get to that. My other thing, this I don't know if I'm going to include this or not, but I just okay. want to tell you, you follow my surf instructor on Instagram. I took my first surf lesson ever yesterday, and my instructor was so fucking hot. What's so obviously, his... I looked him up afterwards, and it was like, Liz Love Slots follows him. What's his name? Oh,
1: yeah, one of those like random people that you like, I think high school, is he from LA?
0: Nope, he's from Colorado. He's like five years older than us.
1: Can you show me a photo?
0: Yeah, he's so sexy.
1: And you like bleep out names
0: sometimes. I'm gonna bleep it, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to (laughs) fully include this, are you kidding me?
1: Oh my God. Oh my god, yeah, no, I do know him. Oh my <laughs> god, this is such a small world. I actually really want to do a photo shoot with him soon. Really? Can um, I come? Yeah, please. please. I haven't told him yet, so <laughs> cat's out of the bag now. But um, I just... Oh wow, this is a really cool way to loop in. I am now, right now, like I'm a DP, a cinematographer, but at the okay. same time, I'm a camera operator. So for some of my friends who are cinematographers as well... Can if- you
0: explain... A DP and a camera operator. Like, yeah. what the hell are those? And Right so, now you're speaking mumbo-jumbo
1: to me. DP means director of photography, which <laughs> is the cinematographer. And the cinematographer is in charge of all things camera and lighting in a film. So where every single light goes, how the camera moves, what type of things you need for the camera, like when you need to rig something to a car, it's all the... Anything that has to do with the camera and the lights is that the does cinematographer's sound like job. It... It's honestly, it's got a lot of like math that you wouldn't anticipate, yeah. <laughs> which was a big disappointment for me being not really a math girl. Like, it's <laughs> like, a I lot thought this of would be numbers. And yeah, <laughs> like, like aperture, shutter, like all these things you have to remember the numbers for and they'll know how to compensate. Like, stop. Oh man, it's a lot more math than I was ready to sign up for. But, um, cinematographer is in charge of three departments that make the image of the film, which is. Camera, grip, and electric. So electric is all the lights. cameras all things camera. And then grip is all things manipulating light or rigging things. So like if you're rigging a camera to a car, that the rig on the car is the grip department. But then the camera puts the camera on. And then the grips will make a rig to put a light here on top of the car. And then the electricians put the light there. Like, Jesus. They're all working together, but... In the end, it really is one of the most, it's probably the biggest department on set is the cinematographer's department because simply from sheer size, like you have the most people working under you because to get anything done quickly, you got to have like a ton of people. Jesus. So that's what the cinematographer does. And then in the camera department, there's the camera operator and the camera operator kind of works directly between the cinematographer and the director because in the end it is the director's film. So if the director says, I want the camera to move this way, like you're listening to him yeah. more than the, the DP. Yeah. So it's kind of a, it's a, it's a dick measuring contest in a yeah. big way, you know, like <laughs> it's kind of like, and that's the biggest thing as a DP is knowing when to shut the fuck up, honestly. Like, and knowing when to be like, this is not my film. Like I, you know, I've been hired to shoot this person's film and like, you can give all the reasons why your shot is a great idea, but if the director wants it a different way, you're you doing do it that, that way, and you need to be gracious about it. You need to be calm about it if you ever want to be hired again. So, camera Well, operator. I'm going to give, I'm gonna oh, give yeah. an aside
0: really quickly. You guys can probably imagine how fucking stressful it was for me setting up the cameras and the lighting for us to record <laughs> yeah. this. <She's> like, <laughs> given I knew I how much she good. knew, yeah. and was like, oh, yeah, no, that looks like there's a good side light or something, and I'm like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just keeping my blinds open. Yeah, no,
1: lots of natural light, mixed <laughs> mix color temperatures. We love it. Like, I don't know what's
0: going on. <laughs> okay, wait, continue.
1: Um, but camera operating is the physical operation of the camera, like how it moves. And that's my favorite thing about. Cool. So that guy, your surf instructor, <laughs> circling back, I'm very ADD. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. this but well, we're getting back. We're, we're getting we back. Surf instructor, he was the actor in the most recent film I operated on, and it was the first film I did camera operating on wheels, which is a lot of techie terms, but it's a remote head, which means we had this rig that was mounted to the ceiling of the car. And it has a camera mounted onto it like this, and it can spin in a full 360.
0: To film inside the car.
1: Yeah, and so it's a it was oh. a sex scene. It's a couple having sex in the back of the car. Shut
0: up! I want to watch. And this.
1: it's a, it's with him. He is so hot. So <laughs> so okay. So but the whole point of it was, I'm so I'm operating on wheels, which is this like rig like way over there, nowhere near the car, and I have a monitor. But you can still see. It. And I, No, I'm in charge of what's happening, like, with the so, camera.
0: So
1: you can still see it. I can see everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but it's them, like, slowly, he's taking his shirt off. And I... Wait, I have a still... Oh, my God. Oh my I'm going to love when does this this When does this
0: movie come
1: out? I think it's done Me. Well, it's all one shot. It's a 10-minute scene. And it's a sex scene. So you're moving around the car the whole time. But I was never allowed to see their private parts, obviously. obviously and their faces. The whole point was to... To huh. gauge their connection based on body language and communication, not on facial wow. expressions. And the whole ten-minute so, shot is in the film. Yeah, so is it like it's a real no, film? that's the whole film. Okay, it's yeah, a yeah. short film, and it's just a ten-minute like go. The camera goes into the car, and then it's just in the car for ten minutes, and then they like have a, a brief scene outside the car. And and basically, he's like a way older guy and kind of fucked up. Like it's a he's kind of the bad guy in okay. this scene, but, that's okay. but he was so nice, and he DM me on Instagram after, and was like. So nice to work with you. Like, it was oh God, absolutely amazing. Best. Like, I have a definitely want to work with you again. Like, come. so... I would love to do come this class with lesson. you. I would love... Please, oh God, I'll actually come. Saturday
0: at 7 a.m. That would be so funny. Come. Here, wait, let me look up. <laughs> Literally show up. I won't even tell him. I'll just be like, no. my friend is coming. And then Please, <laughs> it'll be like, the best just surprise. Bitch watch me on sex for 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> wait, these are the stills. Okay, wait.
0: Liz, oh, I know. Liz, Liz, look at Liz, that. List, list, list. It's stunning.
1: But that's what I was doing for <gasps> 10 minutes. We did this take 12 times. Oh, my God. I did this 12 times in a row where I'm operating the camera to go, like, all, like scanning them up. That's, like, God. over two hours worth. I was basically the Were you, like, non-binary did you... gaze on both of them. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't female or male. I was just, like, sexy. <laughs> it's, like, both of them. we are getting some attention up in this. And, like, I totally, like, the director was female and the DP was male. Oh, my God. So the DP kept wanting me okay. to shoot. her shoulder you know like get really close to her shoulder get her hair going down her shoulder get like her bra strap type of thing and then and the director was on the other side of me and kept being like chest chest yeah like like look at him so i (laughs) kept kind of doing this move where i'd like dip down to his chest and then up to her shoulder and then like back to his (laughs) chest and then i was just you know but wow small world that guy he's so nice he was super hot
0: i loved him (laughs) He was so he was so excited. He's like, "You guys can do it! Come on, you got this! You got this!" He's like, "Yeah!" you stood up. That was sick. Like that was so cool. He's like so excited. I'm like, "I literally love you." He oh you imagine his girlfriend, which was such a bummer?
1: They, that's what I, I want to shoot him and his girlfriend because she she is stunning. stunning. Yeah. When when he followed me and I saw that, I was like, "Oh my fucking god, god!" Of course, I got you to shoot course the girlfriend. Is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. Well. Exactly, exactly. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely. Like, I think he's wouldn't have been my type anyways. Like I, I actors <laughs> are i n- I'm super not like and not judging them. Like I just I feel like I work with actors so much like yeah, you don't need to bring I just that don't up want home. to sign up for that yeah. shit. You know, like you have never known in and what if you do get really involved with an actor and then like I'm working on sets all the time and they're maybe jealous of the actors I'm working with if they're of yeah. better quality. And same with me. If they're working with DPs that are more successful than I am or whatever, like it's you know yeah, it, yeah, as yeah, much yeah, as you, you try not to be annoying about it, like don't you're gonna you work be home. Yeah. And then sex scenes on screen, like I truly believe if it's that convincing, you're at least a little bit actually into it. <laughs> See, but that
0: doesn't bother me. It
1: did, yeah. Man. Is that weird? You're I you That's a bitch. I have no it idea. It wouldn't bother me.
0: No, I think it's... I'm the oddball. I'm sort of like... All right, that's your job, and yeah. at least I get to watch it.
1: For friends, I love it. Like I love having actor friends. Oh my god. Like, yeah. Dating someone who's in, I don't know.
0: No, I think I, I would. I don't think I'd mind.
1: Oh, then I'll start making a list for. Oh my Jackie. god! Please do.
0: Yeah. yeah start fun with fun actor. Yeah. Friend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll we'll keep track. See if him and, his we'll lady keep, and exactly. Girl. Just
0: keep track of that. No, I'm kidding. I want you to stay with your. He'll probably maybe I'll tell the this. <laughs> she really
1: is so beautiful. Though. She's yeah, She's no, stunning. They are I saw couple. at first he's like
0: mentioned he had a girlfriend, and then I looked him up on Instagram and I saw his girlfriend, and I was like okay that's fine I'll let it slide I'm not gonna fuck this girl like whatever she's She's actually like really really pretty and they seem like
1: really intensely happy exactly so like unreal whatever we'll let it slide okay I'll definitely crash your surf session (laughs) 100% I'm not joking that'd be yeah no I think he would I think he would be excited about it he'd be so excited he was was, so
0: like giggly giggly and goofy
1: it was some big dick energy I had going on that set I believe that here wait let me just really quick show you a video of the actual wheels just so you comprehend like why it's so weird that i do this there's no way to show these people on the podcast and i'm so sorry it's okay. you'll have to look up
0: you can go the gimbal no way
1: so it's like
0: oh my gosh she's like spinning little wheels that's me yeah yeah that's i'm telling the people that you oh, she, oh, oh. <laughs> no <you're> <laughs> like, <laughs> you looked
1: at me and he said i was like
0: yeah like that's me, that's me. me. <laughs> that's me that's me i'm spinning the wheels <laughs> yeah No, that is not how I expected it to go. That's really interesting. It's very strange. Okay. So, you did explain my first question. (laughs) Probably way too much detail. (laughs) (laughs) No, but there was a fun anecdote. Like, (laughs) that was excellent. That could not have gone better. (laughs) Um, A great small world moment. Small world moment. Small world moment. Mm -hmm. So fantastic. So wonderful. So, (laughs) when did you know that you wanted to be a cinematographer? It actually
1: was a very specific moment. So my dad. Because wrote, that's niche. It is. It is. So I wanted to be a photographer when I was a kid. I wanted to be like Annie Leibovitz. Like I wanted to do amazing portraiture and you know work, just see big actors and big stars yeah. and be cool and whatever. And my dad works in the entertainment industry. He's a talent agent, and I grew up going to premieres all the time. And so I wanted to be in that world a hundred percent. I was like. You know, premieres are so fun. I love dressing up. Like, I love meeting famous people. Like, yeah. we're in L.A. You know, like, I just, like, exactly. straight up the this vein part of it. Yeah. yeah. Growing up in that, it was really fun because it was something you brag about all the time. Like, yeah. I met all the people I had crushes on, you know. And, like, I would tell my That's dad so the cool. actors I was dying to meet. And, like, if he had a client working on one of those films, like, you would go visit happen. the yeah. set. Or we'd, you know. So I was exposed really quick, like, early. But... The only part of my dad's job I paid attention to was how glitz and clammy and fun it was. <laughs> I never really asked him as a kid what he did. You know, yeah. like, what is a talent agent? Yeah. And he's a below the line talent agent, which means uh, no actors, no screenwriters, no directors. He only does like producers, stunt coordinators, production designers, costume designers. What UBMs. does that mean, below the
0: line versus above the line?
1: Yeah, it was kind of a, it was like a, I, I think it was kind of like a fucked up term, but uh, back in the day, <laughs> It was above the line is like the people who had representation who mattered more, I guess, okay. or something like that. And so it was like, I'm probably botching this a ton, but uh, yeah. So it was like directors, actors, writers, like people whose like names are going to be big on yeah. the marquee and everything. Whereas okay. everyone else was like, you had to know someone and get hired on your own, like you represented yourself. And then my dad was actually one of the first agents to ever think, you know, what well, these, the people fuck? Could these people these have... people should have agents. So he started at CAA and then they didn't, you know, they gave him a chance, but they weren't really giving him the backing to make it a serious thing. And ICM found out and they hired him to come like over and have his own department. And he's had his own department ever since. And then full circle event, CAA just bought ICM a couple months ago. (laughs) And uh, so, and CAA did not have a blow the line
0: so now he's but he never that.
1: developed one after he left and so now they just commandeered his entire department from ICM oh my god really, honestly full circle it's really funny like we've always grown up thinking CAA is like the big bad wolf yeah yeah you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah ICM's like the great sweet one that yeah. took the chance on dad but now we're CAA people so <laughs> here we are Got to be um, but yeah so my dad was in the industry so but I never I never knew he represented cinematographers so I never really fully knew what they were yeah but uh, we went to, I went to a film class in college, or in high school my sophomore year, and we had a class one day about cinematography, and he had us watch the opening scene of The Dark Knight, and, and then asked us, what do you notice about it? Like, look at the framing, the lighting, the movement, like, what, what can you tell is happening? And we all sounded like idiots. We were like, it's cold. You know, like yeah.
0: kinda of, kind of blue. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little bit chilly up in there.
0: <laughs> it's, it's a city. You know, like dating like oh, it's cloudy outside, you know? Yes.
1: And uh and then he was like, you'll notice everything moves from the left side of the frame to the right, over and over for all the bad guys. And it's always like a medium shot and there's constant movement from left to right to left to right, and even when you get to the corner with the guy holding the mask the van pulls up from left to right. And then when they're driving in the car, they turn right on a street. So it's this left is to right. so cool. And so you're in this momentum in the scene immediately. And you're just going, you're with the bad guys. You you comprehend as an audience member that all of these people are on the same team because they have a, a monotony to it. Like there's, some, there's a pattern we're seeing. And it's totally
0: subconscious. Totally
1: subconscious. And everything is cold. That was right. Like everything was very chilly. Everything was very blue tones, very, you know... That type of sphere. And then when they get into the bank, it's the first time the movement goes right to left. And so they move in right to left and the bank man, and they pass by an orange light. First time we're seeing like a warm tone source and they move past. And so you as an audience member, subconsciously immediately kind of, your feelings have changed. Like, where are we now? This is new. Something new is about to happen. And lo and behold, the manager starts shooting at them. And it's like something they didn't anticipate. And like, he just really dove into the That's scene. That's so cool. Exact yeah and I thought the same thing I was like oh my god it's just like photography but way cooler like it's like psychological <laughs> manipulation of loser shit yeah <laughs> seriously or even like in a great great example I mean by Birdman like is a great example of Chivo, I have not seen it
0: Honestly, I haven't seen any movies, Liz. I don't it, know how to tell you this. It's okay. It's no, I'm, I hate
1: when people get judgmental about it. There are too okay, many good. movies to have seen them all. Yeah. So, Birdman, they pretend the entire film is one take. So, it's the whole film is shot in a series of oners with secret cuts between them. But when you actually watch the film, it looks like the camera never cuts once. So, you're trapped in this playhouse with the main character was kind of trapped with himself. No, he just is working on a play and he's kind of a neurotic kind of character. Okay. So, but just this like, that you're trapped in the theater world yeah. is what they were trying to tell the audience. And like, it fucking worked because you never let, like you were stuck with him yeah. in this oner, in this one shot. You never got to look somewhere else. You could only look where he was paying attention or where he was or his space. And like, it just the cinematography is the reason that film worked, I think. And like, that's why. So it was sophomore year. And then I got out of that class and I called my dad and was like, I'm going to be a cinematographer. And he started cracking up and he's like, those are all my clients. Like that is what, what I do what for I do a, a living. living. <laughs> yeah, I represent cinematographers. So I very much took advantage of that later in life. That's but, um, so funny. Yeah, he was. He's been. He, he always tries to claim that he's the one who got me there. But I'm like, you never sat me down and explained what you did, what they do. Yeah. Like, so no, I had no idea.
0: That's kind of better though that you came up with it organically. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, because <laughs> if you knew, you'd be like, I don't want to do what my dad does. Yeah, like, exactly. Then you would never get into it. Do is does he represent you now?
1: No. That's, I don't know if he ever will.
0: Okay. Was that like purposeful?
1: Yeah. We've talked about it a bit. I think it's just even because a lot of the time, my dad has like hundreds of clients now and he has multiple agents that assist him. And, uh, he has, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Sorry. He has (laughs) multiple people. I just, like, thought my nipple came out, so I was, like, checking it, and then my brain, like, totally went there. Um, so I'm sorry. Um, but my I... Now everyone's thinking about your nipple. Yeah, everyone's, <laughs> now everyone's thinking about it. Why, why did I go there? Um, uh, I, t- I literally... Your dad doesn't complete. represent you. Oh, he doesn't represent me, yeah. Assume... Do you have representation? Not yet, no. It's a very tricky game, getting representation. Yeah. Um... Because they have to believe they can pitch you for any project, any time. And, like, I'm still working up to the caliber of projects that I can get pitched for anything. Like, I think I have the technical skill, absolutely. But having the ability to manage 50 people instead of 10 is something... Even managing 10? (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah, no. Like, on our sets right now, it's about 10. Like, if I have the grip and electric team I want, it's about 10 people total. That's
0: crazy! Yeah.
1: Whereas the big leagues, like, I worked on a commercial. Re- Ooh, you got to bleep that. I got not bleep, bleep it out. But okay. I worked on a commercial recently, and my boss, Dion Bibi, is amazing. And he had, like, 50 grips and electrics on oh set, God. and then he had a pre-rigging crew, which was, like, an additional 25 grips and electrics that Jesus. show up the day before. Yeah, and so, like, you have to learn how to manage all that. So that's something you definitely have to work towards and that I'm still working towards. But, yeah. So cool. It Great. Very cool. I
0: love Okay, wait. So now I wanna to talk to you about the I'm not gonna pronounce his last name right, which is embarrassing. Martin mm-hmm. Scorsese. Yeah. Did that I do it
1: right. right? Yeah. Oh, that's fucking good. I, I feel like honestly, like I feel like the Italians would say like Scorsese you know, Scorsese you know, like, or so, like, we as Americans already pronouncing wrong. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I really I don't get
0: Okay. I don't get uh, about can it. Can you talk about can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, I could talk I can talk a little bit about it. Great. Um because can I, it's I just a hit book.
0: You? can I just hit you with questions yes. and then you can either answer or not answer? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So you worked on this Martin Scorsese film. How did you get that job?
1: So I went to I worked for Rodrigo Prieto, who is the cinematographer. Okay. And Rodrigo is like my best friend right now. I'm obsessed with him. I love <laughs> yeah, him love to death. Him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he shoots all of Scorsese's films as of recent. So he shot Wolf of Wall Street. He shot Silence. He shot um, The Irishman. So he's been with him for a while. So cool. And I sat next to him at an award ceremony that my dad brought me as his plus one for a couple years ago. And my dad was next to one of his clients, and then I was next to my dad, who was I was then next to Rodrigo and his wife. And so yeah. I told him, I was like, I, I just want to take this opportunity to tell you Likeness, which is a short film he wrote and directed um, and shot. He did everything. and wow. he, And it's about his... One, it's a very personal story to him. One of his daughters had an eating disorder, and so wow. he made... A Did film kind of about what psychologically is going on in a girl's brain when they have an eating disorder. And it's very formalist approach. It's not any dialogue or anything, but it's a it's what feels like a wonder for a bit where you're kind of going through this house and it's this beautiful perfect mansion and everyone looks like a supermodel and they're super skinny yeah. and then kinda of starts getting a little bit creepy and everyone's a little too skinny and kinda of drugged out and then you suddenly realize you're the perspective of Elle Fanning and you and she shows up in frame you go into the bathroom with her and she's looking at herself in the mirror and just crying like she hates herself and oh her skin starts to crack and then she starts like peeling her skin off and like wants to literally crawl out of her own body type of thing and just starts screaming and then all of a sudden turns around and starts throwing up in the toilet and it kind of snaps you back to reality and oh she's my like God looking in the mirror again and like cleaning up and putting a little mascara on and goes back to this party and it's just like a regular high school kickback and they're like hey you good and she's like yeah I'm fine and then it gets really you know like the music kind of changes again and it's like this perpetual cycle of like I'm not okay till I do something about this thing you know so it blew my mind that's my favorite type of kind of PSA type of project. I'm working on one right now, Passion Project. Lauren Collette's actually gonna Shut produce up. it. Um, Shut along up. Along with some other friends, like Brittany Doss is gonna be starring in it. Shut up. It's gonna be a sexual assault PSA thing. But oh my God. In that same vein, where it's a very kind of stylized, interesting, weird thing. And uh, so I told him, I'm sitting at this dinner with him, and I go, I just want you to know, Likeness is my favorite f- short film of all time. Did like, you recognize truly, him? Yes, yeah.
0: Like So you like you watched the film, fan. and then afterwards you were like, who is the cinematographer?
1: No, this one actually, my dad sent it to me when Rodrigo made it. He goes, my client Rodrigo made this, what do you think? And that was when I first started paying it. and I was like, oh my god, he's the guy who shoots all the Scorsese films, and he shot Babel, and randomly he shot yep. 8 Mile, I want to remind the people. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> he shot 8 Mile, and he also, he shot Brokeback Mountain. Jesus. and he plays a prostitute in it for a scene he like cameoed in it and he brought his daughters to set that day and like wanted them to know like it's fine you know like whatever and it was just I'm I'm love this man as a human being oh so much um but I'm sitting next to him and I told him that likeness is my favorite short film of all time and and kind of just gushed about how I have so many friends who have had yeah. eating disorders and how that's such a hard thing to explain yeah like what is going on in your head with a disorder like that and and you can't just be like you can't just be a short film of some girl looking in the mirror like oh, I hate myself exactly. like I'm fat and like throwing up like that is not what's happening in, the head. in yeah. your head it's not like an objective and then when you're skinny you're fine because then you have anorexia and these girls yeah. are way too skinny and they still don't feel like they're skinny enough. And like, yeah. so it isn't a physical thing, you know, it, it's yeah. so much a mental thing. And the fact that he was able to explain that in a way, just visually, it was amazing. Wow. And he, uh, I guess that really resonated with him. And way later after the pandemic and had put the shooting up, pushed for killers. He was like, I need a personal assistant and someone to like be my driver and, you know, do all my stuff for me yeah. and be on set with me for Killers. It's six months in Oklahoma. Would Elizabeth want to do it? Like, I I know she wants to be a cinematographer. Yeah. And like I was really impressed with her. So it's kind of a twofer where, like, yes, I was at that dinner because of my dad. And yes. Rodrigo is my dad's client. So it was only possible because of my dad. But in the end, it was really because of me because he yeah. was so thrown back that I wasn't, like... I love your Scorsese films. Like you're amazing. Cause that's what everyone compliments yeah. him on. Like that's, and he loves when people bring up Amoris Peros or like Babel or, you know, like yes. films yeah, he I did way long like, ago. You yeah.
0: Know? Like, I'm like, okay.
1: But, um, yeah. I'm so like, that's jo- I am like My brain's just like
0: Jordan Belfort. Like that's all I
1: can come up with. Like, <laughs> you just know that Rodrigo was there for the, exactly. all those scenes. I'm in am like, Wolf Oh my God. And Margot Robbie. Just knowing oh. that like he, yeah, it was so funny. Even, um, he had a really funny story about how they had to pick the butts for that scene where Leo Leo does cocaine out of someone's ass. Like they were like, seriously, Rodrigo, like which ass like looks the best. Like it wasn't. Yeah. And like, it sounds like kind of a dirty old thing. And he said he felt so awkward about it, but like, there was really yeah. a butt that would look better, better in you the know, like and, and, there, and everything. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's a close up, like. Yeah. And, so he had to like, you know, and he's like, I felt, you know, I had two daughters, like, you know, and I was <laughs> cracking up, and I was like, honestly, though, like, someone had to do yeah. it, you know, and like, I'd better. It was him. He's like yeah. the most loving kind just father figure well, type of, of guy he's yeah. nice to everyone like the least creepy so it was great working <laughs> for him for six months and I drove him to him from set every day
0: did you th- get tired sometimes though when he would have to drive you oh one time I,
1: <laughs> I was really falling asleep at the wheel on the way back and I was like Rodrigo I'm so sorry but like we're really gonna have to take a nap or <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you're to drive yeah it was like he was like telling me a story and I was legitimately like zoning out, and I was like, Rodrigo, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't fire me. And my
0: job and is to drive how are they yeah. going to find someone else in
1: the middle of Oklahoma? I lived in Bartlesville. Oh my god. My, my horse was in Nawata, and then we worked in Pahuska.
0: <laughs> so, can you give a little background on like the book, the film, whatever? So oh, basically yeah. this book that... He was turning into... Martin Scorsese was turning into a film.
1: Yeah. So it's... Killers of the Flower Moon is a true story. It's about the start of the FBI. And...
0: Oh, I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very cool. It's, um... Essentially, the United States government in the early 1900s was like... Or late 1800s. They go, you know what? Like, we want Kansas. And so, y'all Osage Indians can just fuck right off. And we're gonna push you into Oklahoma and you can just fucking live there because we can't figure out the agriculture in North Oklahoma <laughs> <laughs> at all. Like the American government, they're like, we can't grow anything here. We don't know why. So we'll just push the Indians there and take their land and then sign like an egregious amount of deals that say, we'll never do this again to you. It's yours for good. Do they blah, blah, again? blah. No, 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 no. So oh. they signed all that stuff. And then like a f- couple years later, they find the biggest oil deposit in the history of North America right in the center of the Osage reservation, the new one in Oklahoma. So they find the biggest oil deposit in the history of North America and they suddenly become millionaires, the Osage Indians. And (gasps) this is when the KKK is starting in America and like all the, you know, all these things are happening. And suddenly you arrive in Oklahoma and the Osage are millionaires and the white man is like, begging for scraps in this society. And so... So, Or in the white man's eyes. The white man was fine. fine. But the fact that the Osage were more wealthy really pissed the white man off at this time in history. So so this guy um, named William Hale orchestrates this long-shot plan of getting all these white men to slowly marry Osage women because Osage women had pretty good rights... Familially, and like getting land and things. So, if they married Osage women, they could gain the rights to their land though, because in the eyes of America, the man is in charge. So, it was, yeah, and so it was a complicated thing. And so, but then slowly they have, you know, they're marrying them all off, and this one guy, Ernest Burkhart, marries a woman named Molly. And she's an Osage woman, and she owns quite a bit of property. And he is slowly trying to kill her and he and all these men are slowly killing off everyone in her family. Oh,
0: would they kill off their wives?
1: Yeah. Because they just want to take the land rights back. Yeah. That's (sighs) the only way they could get the land rights back because the government could no longer like take it away from them. Yeah. And because they were the father of Osage children, children, it was still considered Osage land.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah. So it's this is a crazy really story. fucked up. Why do people and not talk about this? I know.
0: When <laughs> I read the script, I
1: was like, what? And then went back and went through the book and like, it was just crazy. And, oh my God. and, and so it, the reason it started the FBI though, is the Osage kept going to DC and saying, yo what the fuck like people are being murdered like yeah. this is not normal. they have these they invented like frayed lights at the time is what they called them, which was just stringing lights like Christmas lights basically outside your house so people couldn't get karate chopped to their death at night you know like we <gasps> oh my God. they were so scared the murders were so rampant in those age reservation at this time in history and so Yeah, so they send out an agent, and he's investigating, and, like, they just kind of, like, oh, he was, like, a person from the government. Like, they didn't really know what to call him. And then after he solved the situation, and, you know, yeah, it definitely, then they started the FBI. They realized they needed a place where this type of stuff gets addressed in America. Wow. Yeah. So it's very cool. fucking crazy. And I'm, I'm in a scene... Are you really? I am. Um, I can't talk about what the scene is. Well, and I, I can't get, wait to see it. But uh, and I don't know if it's gonna end up in the film. Unfortunately, okay. Like when you think is apparently it's gonna you know they always cut a lot of stuff out. Yeah. So, but if it is in the film, I'll let you know. you But be I it. did get dressed up in. 1915s garb. Do you look and, cute? Oh no, I look awful. <laughs> they put me in this like heinous pixie cut wig and like <laughs> this like sun hat, and I looked like a church goer for sure because I have so many tattoos on my wrist and hands that Did they cover They had to give me gloves. so i had gloves like i looked gnarly i looked prairie girl af (laughs) definitely not that fuckable like in the outfit they put me in but that's fine it was either playing that type of girl or they had like a a prostitute like hooker scene that i could have done you could go to that (laughs) But me and my boss agreed. It would have been very distracting in an all-male, basically, camera department to then dress as a prostitute Dude, one yeah. day on set. It yeah. was just, like, even... And it, it's kind of funny, because, like, 1920s prostitutes dress like we like do now. Like a freshman regularly. girl going to a frat yeah. party, yeah. Like, <laughs> a little slip dress is, like, it. Yeah. So it's not as much, like, it's scandalous, but more just the idea, I yes. guess, was a little too wild.
0: <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, so then... On a film like that, you worked with Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro Mm -hmm. and other like humongous actors. Brendan
1: like, Fraser popped back out. Of the oh my mid. God. Yeah, and there's huge, like the whole world was blowing up while we were in Oklahoma, like Brendan Fraser is going to be in Killers of the Flower Moon and like a ton of articles came out and then he showed up on set and people were crying, like oh my it god! Was, people made a much bigger deal about Brendan Fraser than like anyone <laughs> else. Yeah, like it was so normal to have Leo around by the middle of the summer. But, like, That's everyone, so funny. He was crazy. Yeah.
0: What would you say are major differences in working as a cinematographer with someone like that Mm -hmm. Versus my surf instructor. Like, how does your role change? Oh. Based on, like, someone who's, like, won Oscars versus, like, someone who teaches surfing to me, like, to pay rent. I think it's...
1: Okay, tricky question. I think it's different in the fact that actors are more willing to chat with you when they're not as big. Yes. So... I think in general, I do not initiate conversations with actors, whether I'm the DP or what, unless it's about what I'm speaking about. Like if I have a camera right here and their hand is kind of like right in front of it, you know, I'll briefly give them a note. Please keep your hand down during the scene, whatever. But I try to keep it very like my relationship with them is simply giving a camera note if needed. But if they come and speak with me you know, I, I'll totally chat with them, Yeah. but I, I make it a hundred percent on their terms because I never know what's going on in an actor's head. And like, you don't know, there are some actors who need to be distracted and they want to talk to a bunch of people because they get too stressed out about the lines and what they're about to do. So they kind of need to be bubbly and chat and whatever. But then there are some actors who need to shut the fuck up and like be in their own space and they don't want anyone to talk to them, but they're a little too polite to like
0: Tell Same you to them. fuck off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so
1: I think just respecting their boundaries and like it's, a, it's not going to be a good film if they're not doing yeah. their best. And so, and kind of a professional courtesy too. Like I think sometimes I've had experiences, especially with male actors, unfortunately, in the past where they get a little too comfortable, yep. you know, and yep. you quickly have to like, Draw a boundary or say something kind of blunt and you know, say, you know, kind of be like absolutely not in a way, yeah. And then it makes it kind of an awkward tension on set and whatever. So, to avoid that from happening anymore, I simply do not speak to actors unless they speak to me. And if they speak to me, sometimes I end up friends with some of the actors, but yeah, I just try to respect their things. I met because he totally came up to me between setups and was chatted with me for like 20 minutes. Cause he had nothing to do. And like their next yeah. scene had like a couple lines, you know, like he wasn't tripping about yeah. the next thing. So in that case, like I got to know him and I followed him on Instagram, you know, that was great. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah for the most part, that doesn't change. The difference is like on bigger films, like, Leo will not come up and chat with you. Yeah, like, that makes the sense. one the one day that he did well, with me. Are you
0: over twenty yeah. five?
1: <laughs> I just turned twenty five, so I'm out. Of, oh, you're out. I'm too <laughs> old for him now, actually. Um, I'm about to be twenty five. Gonna... And his girlfriend visited, Seth a bunch too. She's stunning. <laughs> she I... was still twenty four. Yeah, you're right. She <laughs> was. Her frontal lobes weren't combined yet. <laughs> I mean, that's the qualification apparently no but really I'm not even trying to shit on Leo like I, that stuff is fucking hilarious right now for sure Can but he is yeah no yeah, okay, absolutely okay, okay. but he like is amazing like I thought he was gonna be a douchebag, and he is not he is so professional he oh, I is love so that. on his game he loves acting he's so committed to what he's doing he shows up he does his job he leaves he doesn't bother anyone like oh, I was shocked at his profession no not shocked his professionalism. That sounds wack, but like I don't know. I just assumed he'd be an it. asshole, yeah. and he totally wasn't.
0: Yeah. So because he could, props he's the person who, who could get away with being an asshole.
1: Totally could get away with he being. Be a, he's a, an icon. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he could literally be the biggest asshole in the world. Wouldn't matter.
1: Yeah, and he also he has would, like hella prosthetics. If you look at any of the still frames that are out yet in this film, so he wasn't like a sexy Leo on set. <laughs> like he had um, jowls and like shit going on with oh his my ears, God. like um but it's super professional super cool but yeah can i ask which one was he he's Ernest.
0: which is Ernest, the fbi agent (laughs) no the one who's the hat guy
1: yeah the fbi agent is jesse plummets again all this is on imdb yes you can look it
0: all up and it's all in i just did poor research (laughs) no 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 no. i'm saying that for the people and i'm saying for the people i'm not giving
1: away (laughs) anything that that is uh, the unknown no no.
0: exactly oh my gosh Okay, It's so coming say, out like,
1: at Cannes next year. So 2023 May is when going? Killers comes out. I'm hoping. Oh my I told God. my dad, I was like, I really want to go. If you can get a ticket, yeah, yeah, saying, yeah, well, yeah. I don't know how that works, but...
0: That'll be so cool. That's yeah. so exciting, Liz. I'm like,
1: jazzed.
0: You're going to be like, I worked on the film. Yeah. Like, shit. Seriously. That's so cool. Um. Oh. okay. So then what was it like, like kind of switching gears, but not really, still talking about this film what was it like living in the middle of the country away from your friends for however many months you were gone?
1: And like- it was lovely.
0: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I God. I
1: learned a lot about myself. Um, <laughs> I just, I think That's it's... going to be your promo. What was it like living in the middle of the country away from your friends. It
0: was lovely. <laughs>
1: Seriously, was. Shockingly <laughs> so, I lived in a Hilton okay. for six months oh in Bartlesville, god. Oklahoma. Oh my god. And uh, it was like two miles off of Did the like, O.S.A. reservation. Your room? Oh my god, yeah, it no, I was covered. I got, <laughs> well, during the pandemic, I got very into art. So I do a lot, of, just with pens, but these cool. really intricate, extremely like take me 18, 19, 25 hour projects. Oh, I
0: want to see. Yeah, I'll show show you later. later.
1: But they are, they've become my hobby for just, sometimes I need Saturday to do literally nothing, but I need to be doing something. A little something. Yeah. So a 17 hour art project is
0: like exactly what I need. (laughs) So, um, sometimes sometimes I want to sit around and do nothing. So I sign myself up for a 17 hour art project and just
1: all these (laughs) patterns that I, sometimes I literally go like, oh like why did i sign myself up for this like because then i have to finish it like i can't just abandon it um so yeah it was, my walls are covered and instead i brought okay, a bunch yeah. of blankets and like but i fully lived in a hilton yeah for six months and they washed my room and my sheets once a week it was that's, a dream that's really nice um and always air conditioned yeah it was lovely but it was like an hour to set and back every day oh my god and at first, I was really nervous at you know making friends. Like, what am I gonna do? Like, there's only one woman in the camera department, and she intimidated the hell out of me yeah. the first week. Oh my god, tough as nails. Now we get along super well. So this well. was a
0: department of like 50 people.
1: Camera was 16 people, and then and there were two electric women. was like 30, and then grip was like 30 or 40.
0: How many women in the whole cinematography department?
1: In camera is just me and Bailey. Two. And
0: then what about in grip and everything else? Like out of uh, the whole, there is one 50.
1: female grip and one female electrician. So there were four of us total in the entire camera group and electric. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's always like that. And you get a what? lot of comments. I've gotten really good at snide remarks back at people, like for sex comments and like Wait, whatever. Like,
0: what? yeah, it's one what big blurry fuck? line.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's a slow. Like there are a lot more women joining now because it's like. You know, people want to hire women. It's a hot time to have a vagina, I
0: think. And I... <laughs> it's like, super in right now. It's funny. <laughs> it's like you're not trying
1: to make it about sex at all. But, like, the fact that I have a vagina is a, a big deal for yes. some of these sets. So... You're, oh, yeah. Oh my God. There weren't that many. Yeah, it was me, Nancy, Christina Fig, and Bailey. Cannot. All bitchin'. We were a power team. I believe we that. loved it. I it,
0: cannot believe... And honestly, still one bad, day
1: like, they said that. Rodrigo started laughing and we look over and we're like, what? And he goes, it's just so crazy. Look at this scene. I always give him a little bit of, he's from Mexico. And this so is like, this accent. is the accent yeah. that I give. But um, he goes, look at this scene. Like everyone is a man except for the two of you. And like we look around and it was really quite the moment. Like all the extras in that scene were men. So it was like quite literally like 200 men in camera and then like the camera team was getting the camera ready and Rodrigo was right there so it was just me and Bailey like within eyesight of like hundreds of people we were the only two women like in wow and it was a weird moment, and I looked at him and I'm like (laughs) welcome to every day like this is what it's like every day like you're noticing in this moment because there aren't like a few other females sprinkled in but like this is what it feels like every day wow (laughs) yeah it's a lot Wow. And that's why you can't hook up with people on set. I'm very religious about that. I do not hook up with people I work with because I did it once in college. Oh (laughs) my God. It's actually fine. Me and that guy are totally friends now, but like it is not the case a lot of the time. And I've seen it go really bad on sets and people think it's like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But honestly, it's just a lot of heartbreak and like broken marriages. So it's very sad. (laughs) 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 Like, so many divorced people, and you're like, and zero hope. Like, whenever people go, I could never be in a long-distance relationship. I'm like, fuck. Well. <laughs> my whole life is going to be one, hopefully. Yeah. you know, Like, I'm hoping that yeah, my marriage will be a long Yeah, if my career goes so well, that it will be a long-distance. I hope I get hired to go to Italy for four, eight months, whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, like, hopefully I marry someone who he or she has it's a job that. where they can just... Come with me, you know, like that'd be great. I'm just yeah. not gonna be the domestic at home or That's no. not gonna happen. No. Also, just because I'm shit at cleaning. <laughs> I like piles. I piles are a very <laughs> ADD thing. Yeah. Piles, boxes. Oh my god, boxes. Whenever you get a good box.
0: <laughs> Recycled some this morning. I should have left them for you. Could have played with uh, them. Gotta be the cool boxes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Wabi on Rose. They they're to go boxes. You love them? I would just collect them if I could. they got, like, the magnet and everything. You know what I mean? When it's, Shit. like... Yeah. It's, like... Oh.
0: Like, one of those ones that, like, folds up and, like... Yeah, and it goes and oh. snaps back in with, oh. the, with the magnet. Oh. So good. That's fancy. Okay, wait. So then... And you stay busy... From we have to wrap this up. We're going for a really
1: long time. I okay. know so many more. I didn't even talk about really quickly, I do want to say, when I was in Oklahoma, the reason I loved it so much. Yes. Uh, the film was amazing, learned a lot. I had Rodrigo was a dream, and then I had another boss who was quite tough. He was a military guy. He yelled me a lot. Him. Yeah, and I learned a lot. I toughened up a lot. I don't cry anymore. I know exactly what to say <sighs> back to someone when they kind of disrespect me a bit, but if I'm working for them. How do you talk back and not get fired? You know, like I learned a lot about that. And so I feel a lot more mature, a lot stronger, a lot more prepared. I don't get offended as easily as most people now. And so that was really great. But the reason it was my favorite time is because I had a horse and I leased her for six months. It was $300 a month to have this horse completely to myself. And I learned how to like gallop bareback. And, like, did barrels and did all this rodeo stuff and, like, was constantly trying to just ride all the time. So me having Dolly, my horse, was, like, life-changing. And it made it so that I realized I need a ranch one day. Like, I need to make enough money to have a ranch. 'Cause it's the most freeing thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, that was my Oklahoma experience.
0: Wait, I love that. Yeah. Do you think you'll see her again? I hope so. She's gonna be you? a
1: mom soon. They're <gasps> they're getting her pregnant right now. And they update me on her though. Oh my god. So they're getting her pregnant right now and in the spring, hopefully oh she'll a have a little baby.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god.
1: That's so really, really cute. Her.
0: What would you say was like some of the biggest differences between Oklahoma and LA that you noticed?
1: Not, not huge differences, simply because the whole crew in Oklahoma was, all was LA. from L.A. That's so yeah. True. Yeah. Except for they had a, a a big percentage of the people working on set. Every department had to have someone of Osage descent. Cool. In. So, like, our second AC, or not our second, yes, our B camera second AC, Benedict, was Osage. And, like, we had, a, and he actually got named. He had his naming ceremony while we were there, which was really cool. Oh my and, like, God. we went to an Alanska, like, that aspect, like, I felt like I made a lot of Osage friends, and that was really cool, and, like, kind of being able to go to Osage cookouts, and, like, you know, even little things, like, at one point, people kept calling them Indians, and I was like, are you guys not offended by that? And they're like, honestly, we're just offended that it's such a big fucking deal. Like, call us Indians, dear God. Yeah. Like, you've been doing it for so many years, and now it's, like, super offensive. Yeah. And, like, when we call each other Indians, now it's, like, a bad word for some reason. You know, and, like... And the difference is a lot of the hookup culture when you're working on location like that in the middle of nowhere, like there were a lot of people hooking up and then a lot of breakups and a lot of other people hooking up and just lots of drama. That's great to keep yourself out of that. It's great to. I love keeping myself out of it, but I also love being right in the middle of it. Yeah, and the yeah, way yeah. Of like knowing about it. Like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I love the gossip, but I definitely <laughs> didn't want to hook up with anyone. Yeah. There was one guy I had totally had a crush. Okay, there was a girl I had a crush on all summer, but she broke mustangs at my ranch, and I'd hung out with her every weekend. I, mean, I love so that. So fun. I love that. But uh,
0: was she. But she was part of set.
1: No. no, she was a wrangler, just on this ranch that I rode on the weekends, and she and I hung out all the That's time. That's fantastic. Yeah, I was in love with her, and That's then fantastic. one of my one of the other PAs. Totally had a crush on. But he was like, I don't know. He's a Capricorn. It would never have worked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're like way too different. (laughs) That's perfect. Perfect answer. What was, okay, and then what were your like favorite and least favorite parts about working on that film?
1: My favorite is my least favorite, which was like the heckling and like this certain boss. He would literally be like, I was sitting and eating a sandwich and then like the moment we wrapped a scene and it was time to move on, like the very moment that it was said where I would have the moment to like put my sandwich away and go help my bo- my other boss. We'll just call him Boss X. I'm not trying to like trash talk his name right yeah. now, but if you really sleuth enough, you'll, you can figure it out. But um, he, he goes, how about you come help when you're done being fucking useless oh in front of everyone on set and you're just i'm just like so the first two months (laughs) honestly he'd say some shit like that or just humiliate me on purpose and a lot of it was in the walkie which is really abusive honestly like it was verbal abuse in the walkie where it was like you know like we had one of our one of our people was what we were going across the field and we were speed walking because it's lumpy and if you run you fucking trip on your face and we have yeah $35,000 $35,000 equipment in our hands. And so we're yeah. like going across this field and he's like, fucking run you pussies. Like, oh. all, like so gnarly. And so that's what people like say they have gnarly stuff with their bosses. I'm like, no, trust me. I've gnarly stuff with my boss. <laughs> I got and hazed the, by my boss. I got like, hazed. Yeah. Like, and he would really humiliate me. Like one day I brought the lunches over and like, put them in the corner and said, this is where the lunches are. I told like three people. And then later our operator like didn't know where his lunch was. And he's like, where the fuck was his lunch? If you don't put it in his hands, it's your fucking fault. And like, go get him a new one. And like
0: oh my God. yelling at me
1: in front of everyone. And I would like go to, you know, I'd keep it in. I'd go to the bathroom, ball my eyes out and of then course. like go back to set. So I felt like I was being really professional by not letting anyone see it happen. Like I just had my emotional breakdown on my own time, come back, stay professional but what I learned through all of that was like, A, I pitied him. I learned to pity him. Yeah. Which was a powerful thing, which is just, so you know, every time he'd yell at me, I'd just be like, someone hurt him as a child, you know? And like, yeah. it's not my fault. What is happening right now? And like, the things that pissed him off the most about me was my optimism, my social ability. Like, I got yelled at the most when I was talking to someone who wasn't in our department. Like if they weren't in our department, why the fuck are you talking to them type of thing? Oh my God. Which is stupid because we constantly need things from other departments, other departments. And I am the only person who could go and get it done quickly because I had a, a friend in that department them, yeah. who could go do that. You know, and like multiple times I had other people doing errands for cameras simply because we're all buddies and like yeah. I'll help them out if they need, you know, and like yeah. he just did not understand that concept. And oh
0: my God.
1: so that was the worst and best thing because by the end of the film i was invincible and like nothing he said fazed me and like i remember one day i was like so the you know the crane technician said that this next shot might show the camera cards we just moved do you want me to preemptively move them a bit in case yeah and he goes how about you shut the fuck up and tell the crane guys to do the same and go make me a coffee (laughs) And so at this point in the summer, I was so over it, right? And I look, just go, okay, copy that, sir, on my way. You know, like totally just like said yeah. I was on a date with this guy who was telling me that that's what he calls it. He's like, oh, so you were maliciously compliant. And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly that's what it worst. is. That's how you deal with assholes. I figured it out. Yeah. Like you, you're so compliant, literally they can't get mad at you because you're, you're doing, doing exactly what they asked you to do. But you say it in a way that's calling them out, you know. And so I was like, okay, like you know, saluted him, like copy that, sir. You know, like going to go trick. make your fucking coffee, you know, like. <laughs> and then like when I made him sandwiches, I cut them into fourths just to piss him off. But like he had me making him a PB and J. Like what do you expect? So <laughs> you
0: want me to cut the cross? off? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> seriously.
1: So yeah, by the end it was you know by the end we literally just said goodbye. Like everyone wrapped, everyone's giving each other hugs, gifts, you know, exchanging information and. I was like, okay, bye. And he goes, bye. And (laughs) I haven't spoken to him since, but it was the best and worst thing. Like I needed that intense training. I needed to be on a set where I couldn't go home and vent to my friends. It was really nice to be alone in a way because it made me really live through it. And now I'm all the stronger for it. So.
0: Oh my God, I love that.
1: Yeah. So it's the best and yeah. worst.
0: <laughs> fuck yeah. I love that. Okay, sergeant. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, saluting them really helps too because it <laughs> is ex military, so it was like, <laughs> you know, like I'm complying with you, but I'm all like, what the fuck, bro? Like <laughs> Oh man, that's ridiculous. And also, he was like five foot three. So by the end, when he was yelling at me, I would just stand as close to him as I physically could. <laughs> I'm like, five down. foot ten. Yeah, yeah you were like, not short. Sure. I would look down at him, and <laughs> <laughs> it was power. It was empowering. Right? I'm just like I'm now. Instead of gonna be affected by you, I'm just gonna play the game with you. Yeah, yeah. Wait, like, malicious <laughs> compliance. I yeah, love
0: that. That's fantastic. Okay, and then what would be like kind of like your dream favorite type of project to work on or like person to work with or whatever. Ooh. I feel like you already got it with your Rodrigo.
1: Yeah. I, I, I really, yeah. Rodrigo is my favorite person I've ever worked with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the cutest thing is he at the end gave me a, a gift at the end of director's viewfinder, which was very nice. And, but he said, you know, I'm excited for you to DP now, like <gasps> in the best of ways, we aren't going to work together again because you're a DP now, you know? And so I'm not going to work for Rodrigo again, which was really beautiful. Like I had this amazing experience with him and we're truly like friends, like buddies. Yeah. Like I tell like inbox him stuff all the time, you know, like text each other random funny things. And yeah. he's like a puns master. The man, lo- <laughs> the man loves a pun. So like that thing. Um, but in general, I-, I like things that pack a punch. I think some films kind of miss the mark, but even then, like I don't know, just films that you feel like you learned a lot by the end and about just the human condition. And sometimes it's a rom-com, you know, I don't know if I really want to shoot rom-coms just because visually they're not as exciting, but I love thrillers. I love dramas. I love things that require dark lighting, you know, nighttime things. Um, I'm working on a project right now about sexual assault. Yeah. I'm trying to raise fifty thousand dollars. It's gonna be a nightmare. But... I don't have any, unfortunately. No, 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 no. no. We're not crowdfunding, <laughs> dear God. We're trying to find a donor. Um, but it's gonna be really visu- like visual effects heavy and very. It's gonna be like Rodrigo's piece, likeness about and like eating Love. disorders. And I saw a PSA when I was fourteen. It was thirty seconds about domestic abuse, and it's just this woman looking directly in the camera, fixing all the makeup on her, like fixing all the bruising on her face with makeup, and as she's doing it, more bruising. And blood appears and like her nose starts bleeding and all stuff. And she literally can't keep up with the abuse on her face. And there's no dialogue. It's just her crying and trying to cover it up. And then at the very end, someone comes into the house off screen, like in another room. And she goes (gasps) and like turns around. And then it just cuts to black and says domestic abuse hotline. And it was one of the most impactful pieces I've ever seen in my life. And so this piece I'm doing right now or trying to do is gonna be like that. It's very, you know, very dark, very like, this is what it feels like. Like yeah. this, is the, this is what sh- shock or horror or shame or whatever, you know, like making the audience experience it for a second, no matter how uncomfortable it is. So I think that's kind of my main goal. Or just, yeah, because I don't know if I want to do epic fantasy. That's a lot of CGI, it's a lot of visual effects. Yeah. Like I know it I know Game of Thrones looks amazing after, but knowing that it's just like one dude and a blue screen and he's like,
0: ah, oh ah, yeah. And it's
1: like <laughs> in the end there's a fucking dragon there. Yeah. Like it's amazing. But like I But otherwise
0: it's a crane with a blue sheet on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
1: worked on Captain Marvel and I worked on the Eternals and like it's ridiculous when you're on <laughs> set. Like, I just definitely want to stick to shooting things that are in the camera. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. ty- types of stories where, like, a little bit of visual effects, sure, like, bird box, whatever, you know, fine. yeah, It's, like, some floating leaves. Yeah. Great. But, like, where an entire character isn't... If we're, on, like, if we're on a stage for more than two weeks, like, I don't know if that's something I could, like, ADD yeah. keep up with. Yeah. Like, it'd be too monotonous. The whole thing about film for ADD people that's amazing is every day is... A different scene a different set literally a different location like you're yeah. driving to different places it's exciting and new and fresh and the moment you're on a stage with a blue screen for more than a couple days it's like,
0: Ugh, like yeah awful we're just sitting in the same room yeah yeah so that was
1: a very complicated answer to quite the simple question no, sorry no that makes sense <laughs> no
0: that was a great answer it was perfect okay i have two more questions okay one why do you like reptiles so much
1: uh, I, I don't know. I just had them when I was a kid. I, I always caught lizards when I was a kid. I Did you
0: like it because of your name?
1: I actually didn't really adapt to that until high school. People started calling me lizard and I was like, oh, funny. You know, like, my name okay. is Liz, you know, whatever. Okay. But, um, I just caught them a lot as a kid and I had leopard geckos when I was a kid. and Cool. I don't really know what it is. And I think snakes are really cool. Like, I just think it's so crazy that they can move. Yeah. <laughs> they don't all. have legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that their skin just kind of goes. You're like so weird. <laughs> and they're so, I don't know, like I've never had a scary experience with a snake. So as a kid, I always thought it was so cool to like, hold one.
0: For my 21st birthday, I had a reptile wrangler I come to my house. I remember yeah. seeing pictures, we were friends at, but I remember seeing pictures from them. It people like, who had the reptile? I'm like, oh, <laughs> that girl. It
1: just like a blue-tongued lizard and like a boa constrictor. It's all like, like all really hot stuff. girls. Like really hot
0: college sorority girls taking pictures with like just these snakes. fucking reptiles. Is yeah. someone's fantasy. It was awesome. Yeah, yours. <laughs> it was my fantasy.
1: Yeah, no, so it's just a, a weird thing. I just really like reptiles, yeah. Oh,
0: it's so great. Okay, <laughs> my final question, I ask this to all my guests, is what advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? And it's, like, just a few sentences.
1: Oh, Unfortunately. I don't know. That's such a complicated question. I know, I know. The advice that we have is informed by the things that have happened to us. Yes. So, like, if I were to inform my 16-year-old self to, like, take jujitsu and, like, fuck some people up. You know, like, I have been assaulted a few times, you know, and just, like, I would have loved to know what to do. You know, but then at the same time... It wouldn't have been important to me because I never had been assaulted before. You know? Yeah. So it's an interesting, I think, like that aspect maybe, but honestly, for my 16-year-old self, I'd probably have a big speech about it's okay to be in a Christian family and be gay. I think that's a huge one. Like I love that. I didn't come out as bisexual until college. And like in my family, that's a huge deal. And like my dad's a little more woke about it, but my mom is very traditional and mostly in the way that she genuinely is concerned for my soul. And it really hurts. That's really hard. Yeah, it's even harder almost. Like it's not just her being narrow-minded, like she is so concerned for the status of my soul in the afterlife because I like women. So, and she, you know, we just don't really talk about it that much And I and she loves me. I never got kicked out of the house. So, like, yeah. they never got mad at me or like it was just, It's it, like she's it, concerned
0: for your sake. It broke
1: her heart when yeah. I came out. And so, yeah. I think and I, you know, and I was old enough in college, I came out during the pandemic to them. But my first kiss was with a girl when I was 9. So, and I like buried that deep because I was in this Christian family and I really thought I was fucked because of it. Yeah. So like I was waiting wow. till marriage you know. I was, I felt like my whole life I was kind of compensating for the fact that I kissed a girl so young and like finally in college you're with people, you know, girlfriend, our, yeah. gr- our female friends who you, you know, everyone's getting drunk and like making, making out each with each other. All yeah. Time. Like, yeah. so, and it kind of got into this weird thing where suddenly they were all pairing off into relationships or whatever and. It always was me. It was, like, all my girlfriends would make out with me at some point in the night, but never yeah. with each other anymore by, like, sophomore, junior year. It was yeah. kind of a... And, like, sometimes they would, but it was kind of this strange thing that I noticed. And, like, one day I was talking to my friend Jordan, and I was like, yeah, you know, honestly, it's it's just as fun to kiss girls as it is to kiss guys. Yeah. Like, And she... We kind of laughed. I think Autumn was there, too. There were like a couple people, and they were like, that's... So that's not... Um, how everyone feels. <laughs> that's that is so like funny. Like trying to be really polite about like, it. No, like, that's just, like, maybe you're, you're, just you're not straight. Like, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> and then I came out and everyone was excited about it. And then, like, my first girl date for an invite stood me up, which was Ugh. really sad. And, like, but then my first girlfriend was super hot. Love. Awesome. Did she go to USC? She did. Do I know her? You might. You can bleep her name out. You are. I don't know. She's fucking stunning. Wait, and we, we had a great it. time. I'm um, sure you had a hot girl for us. And it really shook my parents to their core yeah. when I brought home a hottie. Yeah, you really know, and I was like, like yeah, like, look, I pull a lot harder with women than I do with <laughs> men, apparently. Like, I don't know. <laughs> So, but, um, yeah, so I guess my advice to my 16-year-old self would be speak to my aunt Elise sooner and, like, speak to certain people sooner and just talk about how you feel about girls, you know, and and it's okay to feel that way about girls, you know, and I I think that would have been nice, because I was in a very Christian school, I went to Christian camp every summer, I had a really Christian family, I was still going to church every Sunday at this point, like, I have a tattoo on my ring finger that says covenant in Hebrew, because I was waiting till marriage, I mean, shit didn't work out, (laughs) (laughs) With, and yeah, honestly, I'm, oh man, like, I'm, I'm agnostic now. I just think, like, I respect Christianity, but I also think other, I respect other religions. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. think all of us got close. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I'm not gonna get rid of the tattoo. I think it's funny now, but, like, I lost my virginity twice, you know, to a girl and a boy. That's like, kinda cool. I'm doubly slutty, I guess, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, I wish I could delete the shame. Like, I'm still yeah. working through the shame of yeah. it now and like I if I had just never let the shame get to me that would have been really freeing so yeah, yeah 16 year old stuff I think that's the thing that I would change because that's something that would have bettered my life and that like yeah I could have just brought up sooner yeah
0: I love that. Liz, you're the fucking best.
1: This was Can so fun. Back? I was <laughs> you... so nervous about this. I, I know like, you what were. I what are we gonna
0: talk about? Like, what a...
1: <laughs> I feel great. Like
0: No, you so and I, relaxed. the two people who don't talk at all, we're just going to sit here in silence sharing and each other. like, of course, we're going to come up with something.
1: <laughs> I was. I like I felt. thought you were going to have to, like, drag me through no. these covers. <laughs> this, this is great. This is so relaxed.
0: I told Have Lauren, I was texting, okay, I Lauren and I was talking to her, and she was, I was like, yeah, I'm interviewing Liz. She's like, nervous she's, like, nervous. she's not going to have anything to talk. Lord's like, what? <laughs> like, she's like, you're gonna have to get her to stop. Yeah. <laughs> that girl is so not self-aware, clearly. Oh my god, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> so just funny. Can't shut
1: up. And then I had my therapy dog the whole time. Exactly. Great. Wow. Amazing. Did you laugh? I
0: didn't.